It is the 14th of September 2018. We're definitely into spring here in New Zealand. My name is Jeremy Medlin and welcome to the seventh episode of the Stock Market Movers podcast. Uh, Before we kick off today, just a reminder that nothing that I say today should be considered as financial advice. If you're looking for personalised financial advice, I recommend that you speak to an authorised financial advisor. Everything that I do say is based in my opinion and is general and educational in nature. I guess that is a, a, a reminder that is particularly relevant due to the material that I'm going to talk about today. Right, well this this episode is going to be about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Now, you know, I guess if you're a stock investor listening to this, you're probably going to be a little bit disappointed that I'm going to be banging on about cryptocurrencies. And to be honest, I'm a little bit disappointed myself. Um, I feel like I'm selling out a bit here, but I guess at the end of the day, if you want to build a financial and an investing podcast in 2018, you're going to get a lot more listeners when you start talking about cryptocurrency. So fear not, I'll try to relate this back to stock investing as much as possible in terms of some comparable analysis. And I'll even talk about some funny Bitcoin stock stories that have emerged over the last little while as well. Um so I should probably kick this off with a, a, my first experience about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. So I'd never heard of it before and I was out for dinner with some friends and there was this new guy there in 2013, we were in London, um, and he started talking to me about Bitcoin. And obviously I'd never heard, no idea what he was talking about and I asked him to explain it to me and he, he couldn't really explain it to be honest. All, all, all he basically said was that he was making a lot of money by investing in it. And I sort of tried to dive a bit deeper and he, he couldn't really get much further than that he was making a lot of money and that it'll be the future and you know the, the typical arguments that you hear. Um, and you know, I, I just sort of dived a bit deeper and it sort of emerged that it was a, a futuristic online currency that will eventually take over all the world's currencies and you know that that pretty much coloured me sceptical when I when I heard that and I think that along the conversation I pretty much told him it was a I thought it was a stupid idea um which didn't endear me well to him at all um and you know ironically well ironically to me anyway obviously not to him is that if I had just invested that the money that I spent on dinner that night on some Bitcoin, I'd have an awful lot more money today. And I suppose if he's been doing that over that time, he'd probably be a millionaire. But I haven't, I haven't heard from him since because I obviously didn't endear myself to him. So yeah, today we're going to talk about Bitcoin. We're going to dive into it. Um, a lot of it is is going to be my own views. I know cryptocurrencies is a hot topic and it draws a lot of opinions out of people. So no need to get offended by my views. Um and just just because they're different to yours, but I really hope you enjoy listening to this episode. So what is a cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin or whatever? So a cryptocurrency is a digital asset, Wikipedia's great by the way, designed to work as a medium of exchange that uses strong cryptography to secure financial transactions, control the creation of additional units and verify the transfer of assets. 
Cryptocurrencies are a kind of digital currency, virtual currency, or alternative currency. Cryptocurrencies use decentralized control as opposed to centralized electronic money and central banking systems. The decentralized control of each cryptocurrency works through distributed ledger technology, typically a blockchain that serves as a public financial transaction database. So the blockchain is the technology that underpins the cryptocurrency and, and that's the, the digital ledger in which transactions made in Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency are recorded chronologically and publicly. So the way I see the real potential use of cryptocurrencies is as as that online cash. And what is interesting there is that when you make a a cash payment in the real world, you know, you do it with paper money and the transaction generally if the parties don't want it to be, doesn't is not recorded anywhere. So that could be if you buy an, an item off trade me and you pay for it in cash or you, you go into a cafe and you pay in cash or or whatever it might be. And I see the the cryptocurrencies, you know, because when you when you pay things with your credit card online, for example, it is a it is a payment that is recorded, it's all centralized and that's the key word with Bitcoin is it's decentralized. So if you wanted to make an online transit transaction um, I, I do see a potential use for cryptocurrencies in that sort of way for people that don't want their transactions to be centrally recorded. Now, of course, that's not what they have been used for, really. I mean, people that are, are buying stuff online with Bitcoin and stuff like that, it's, it's rare. I mean, every so often, especially in the hype of Bitcoin in the last year in early January, you know, every day you were hearing about all these new uses for Bitcoin and, and what you could do with it, what you could book with it, you could book your hotel with Bitcoin and stuff like that. But, you know, you'd, you'd be mad to, <laughs> well, most people I know that are involved in it weren't using it as a as an actual currency. And I don't know if it, so far anyway that it's had any utility as a currency. Now, what what you have seen is is people buying it as an investment or as a speculation to try and make money. And so that 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 brings up the question is can you make money from investing in bitcoin and even though personally and I'll go into reasons why later on I don't think cryptocurrencies have any value um it doesn't mean you can't make money from them and a lot of people have made an awful lot of money from them as as you no doubt know and you know that that example I described earlier about that chap in the restaurant with us you know at least at that time, he was making a lot of money. And the reason why you can make money from it is any time you have a marketplace situation where something is bought and sold, you can have either smart or sophisticated people or lucky people making money off people that are either not so smart or not so lucky. Um, and that is essentially outwitting in like a a trading type situation and as I believe there's no value as an investment I think the only way you can make money from Bitcoin is either by buying it and selling it, selling it to someone else for more or selling or shorting it and buying it back for less of someone else so essentially it it's, it's not in my view money's not been made by value creation because I don't think there is any underlying value and like I said I'll go into the reasons why later um, it's been made through the speculation and I guess the, the trading of the supply and demand and I guess it has been so far essentially it, 
a, a transfer of, of wealth from people that, that have Bitcoin and have sold it to someone else for more. So what does the FMA say about cryptocurrencies? The FMA stands for the Financial Markets Authority, and they are, I guess, the, the regulator of the financial markets in New Zealand. And their, I guess their, I'm not sure if they have a mission, but I suppose their mission is to protect New Zealand investors from and provide regulation on, on the financial markets in New Zealand. So they have a page on cryptocurrencies. Um, you can find it on their website. But at the top of the page, it says three things you need to know about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. The first point is they're high risk and highly volatile. The price can go up and down very quickly. Um, I don't really pay too much attention to that. I think anyone that's been in stocks for a long time will know that the price can go up and down pretty quickly. The second point is they're not regulated in New Zealand. Um, and I think that is an interesting point because being the regulator, the FMA, they're just coming out and saying they're not regulated in New Zealand. And to me, that is them saying that they cannot help you if you fall victim to a cryptocurrency fraud or exchange overseas. I imagine they can help you in New Zealand, but if it's outside of New Zealand and you go to them with a complaint, they're probably just going to look at you and not be able to help. Um, the third point is cryptocurrencies, crypto exchanges, and the people that use them are often the targets of hacking, online fraud, and scams. And my anecdotal experience would agree with this. From what I've seen, there's an awful lot of charlatans that are pushing cryptocurrency products in New Zealand and, and abroad onto people that they shouldn't that shouldn't be receiving them. And these people typically end up on the on the wrong end of the stick in terms of money um it, it, it is a, a real shame and it's a shame that that is happening and I, I do hope the fma is able to do something about it and these charlatans you know you, you think it would be limited to to, to small groups or, or, or individuals but it's actually happened in the stock market as well and i'll, I'll run you run you through a, my favorite story of this so and this was actually reported in New Zealand. I think there was a Kiwi tied up on it. So there was a company trading in the United States called Long Island Ice Tea Corporation. It was trading on the NASDAQ. And as you can imagine, they were a beverage company. Um, it's, in, it's in the name, Long Island Ice Tea Corp. They made iced tea. So pretty pretty logical in terms of what they do there. Um, they rebranded their company name to Long, Long Blockchain Corp. So... They changed their name from Long Island Iced Tea to Long Blockchain. And they were still going to make iced tea, they said in their press release, but what they were going to do is also explore opportunities for blockchain technology. And the stock market loved this. The, the stock was trading one day at $2 a share, and the next day it hit highs of $9 a share on this news. So I think it, what that reminds me of is the internet bubble in 1999, 2000, for those that remember, where you had everyday companies adding .com to the end of their name and the stock price exploding. Um, they weren't able to, to fool the market for long, though, um, and I'm, I'm seeing now that the stock is trading at, at $0.17 cents a share, down from a high of $9.36 after the announcement. And I think they've been kicked off the stock exchange. There's been some investigations into the name change and everything now as well. Um, another one is, is Riot Blockchain. I, I was reading in the last couple of days that the CEO has been kicked out of the company. So a lot of these charlatans are, are now starting to get exposed as, as the, the price of these crypto assets, well, 
I'm not sure if I should call them assets. These cryptocurrencies are decreasing in, in value. So it, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. But I would certainly say if you are interested in the cryptocurrency space is to watch out for charlatans in the, in the space. Now, the first thing to do when buying a part of any financial asset, I think, is to imagine what would happen if you owned the full financial asset. So when you buy some shares in a company on the stock market, for example, you're buying a small part of the outstanding shares. And if you owned all the shares, you would own the entire company. And I always think that's a good approach is to think about what would happen if I owned the entire company. And I think that's a good approach with Bitcoin as well. So when you're buying some Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrencies, you are buying a small part of what's in circulation. And if you owned every single Bitcoin outstanding, you would control all the Bitcoin in the world. Um, and I think just to sort of kick the segment off, there's there was a good quote that Warren, Muff, Warren Buffett made, sorry, excuse me, a few years ago regarding gold. And I think it is comparable in this case to Bitcoin. So I'll read that quote out. If you took all the gold in the world, it would make a cube 67 feet on a side. Now, for that same cube of gold, it would be worth, at today's market prices, about $7 trillion. Well, it's not quite today's market prices because that was taken, this quote was a, a, you know five or six years old now, but the point remains the same. That's probably about a third of the value of all the stocks in the United States. For $7 trillion, you could have all the farmland in the United States. You could have seven Exxon Mobiles. Exxon Mobil at the time was the largest company in the world by value. And you could have a trillion dollars of walking around money. And if you offer me the choice of looking at some 67-foot cube of gold and looking at it all day, call me crazy, but I'll take the farmland and the Exxon Mobiles. So what he's sort of saying there is that the, the businesses in the farmland is going to produce a lot over the next 50 years or whatever, but the 67-foot cube of gold is 67 foot now, and it'll be 67 foot in 50 years' time. So he's choosing to buy the productive assets. Now, let's compare this to cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. Um, so just, just as an aside, when you're buying that 67-foot cube of gold, you're making the assumption or you're, or you're really hoping that you can sell it to someone else in the future for more. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's the only way you can make money is by is by selling to someone else for more. So if you go, there's, there's a good website out there called coinmarketcap.com and it's got some great information about cryptocurrencies. So it lists the top 100 cryptocurrencies by market capitalization and they it comes to just under $200 billion, so I think $199 billion and I think Bitcoin makes up just over half of that, but that, that's irrelevant. So the top cryptocurrencies, $199 billion. Now with that same $199 billion, you could buy every single share in the Coca-Cola company and have about $5 billion left over. So the, the, the market cap of Coca-Cola is $195 billion. Now, I've got to ask you the question, what would you rather own? All the, all the cryptocurrency in the world for $200 million and hope that you can sell it to someone else for more because that, that's, that's the only utility of it, that you can sell it to someone else for more and make more money. Or would you rather buy all of every single share outstanding of the Coca-Cola company and get all the plants, all the branding, receive all the dividends every quarter to yourself and have every single can or bottle of Coke that's sold in the world attributed to your ownership. And it's, I think that's the question that you need to ask when you're investing in things like cryptocurrencies where the only way you can make money is by selling it to someone else for more. Now, one thing I 
and, and you might be able to do that and you might be able to make a lot of money from it, but there's no, it's certainly no sure thing. But one thing I can guarantee you with Coca-Cola is that people will, even if they buy less of it, they'll still be buying Coca-Cola tomorrow and they'll probably still be buying Coca-Cola in 10 years' time. And across that 10 years, you're going to receive all the dividends and all the, and all the benefits of ownership that come from owning Coca-Cola. There is no meaningful economic difference over the long term between owning a small part of a business or a small amount of the Bitcoin outstanding compared to owning the, the full amount. So whether you own the whole business or all the Bitcoin outstanding. The only difference, I guess, in the case of a business is if you own the whole thing, you can influence management or change managers or whatever. But Aside from that, the economic value for owning a small part versus owning the whole thing is, is going to be the same over the long term proportional to how much you own, whether it's a cryptocurrency or a stock. So I always think it's a, it's a good idea for investors to, to think about that when they're making their decisions and I, I guess you know, assess what realistically the long term value of, of a cryptocurrency will be. One of the arguments I always hear from proponents of cryptocurrencies is that it protects you from the government because you can't make more of them. And it is it is true that the government can always print more money or promote inflation or even when you own a stock, the company can list more shares and dilute your holdings. But I think it is misguided for Bitcoin promote proponents to say that there can't be more created i mean they, they say that it's it's physically impossible due to the the nature of the the programs and everything like that but i always go back to the fact that this is a at the end of the day this is this is these this is human created so it can be undone by human and i always think there can be more of something created than when when it's when it's human created and even if you can't create more Bitcoin, you can certainly create more cryptocurrencies. I'm back on Coin Market Cap now, and it says there's one thousand nine hundred and twenty six cryptocurrencies in the world. So clearly, it's and that's just what's listed on this website. There could easily be more. So clearly, it's not impossible to make a cryptocurrency. And I know there's people and even in New Zealand that have made their own cryptocurrencies. And when you think there's one thousand nine hundred and twenty six cryptocurrencies. I'm pretty sure there was only 1,200 a year ago, so you can make them quite quickly. Um, but there's only 188 real currencies. And by real currencies, I mean the currencies that, that people use in, in different current countries as tender. So, yeah, I, I don't really buy the argument that you can't make more of a, of, of a cryptocurrency and, because, because you clearly can. Um, I, I guess, you know, that... A lot of people also go on to compare cryptocurrencies to gold and that it'll be still a, a currency that you could use to 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 buy and sell things. And I guess in, in some ways gold is a currency, you know, if, if, if I wanted to sell my car and you rocked up with a big block of gold that would exceed the, the the cash value of the car of course i'd sell it to you same with bitcoin if, if you rocked up and tried to buy my toyota off me that's worth a few thousand dollars with a with a six thousand dollar bitcoin I, i'd probably take it if i could sell it straight away so i suppose it, it, it can be used as a currency i guess what i'm getting at is at least with gold 
you know, I'm I'm no I'm I'm certainly no proponent of 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 buying gold, as you may have guessed. But at least with gold, there is only a, a physical limit to how much is out there that can be mined, and I I just don't see that with Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. So where does that leave us then? I guess you know, listening to this podcast, you've probably figured out that you know Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies is not something that I'm that endears that well to me or something I'm particularly interested in. But that doesn't mean to say that I'm necessarily right. I could easily be wrong on this and, you know, there could be some significant value in cryptocurrencies in the future. But personally, it's it's not something for me. One thing I can guarantee is that there's likely to be a lot more volatility in the future. So, you know, I'm looking at the chart here of, of Bitcoin now and we in 2013-14 it was $100 a coin and, you know, that raced up to seven hundred dollars, back down to a hundred dollars, up up to, you know, famously a high of just over eighteen thousand US dollars and the end of two thousand seventeen and back to six thousand now. So, you know, one thing I can guarantee is that there's gonna be volatility in the future and where there's volatility there's always opportunity for people that want to 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 trade the supply and demand and potentially make money. But I, I just can't personally get my head around the fact that that it's it's not a productive asset in the sense that it's not producing something, so it's not producing cash when you buy it. Um, so I guess to sum up my views of, of cryptocurrencies and blockchain and Bitcoin and everything like that is it kind of reminds me, and I've alluded to this in the podcast, quite a lot to the technology bubble in 1999 and 2000 and the late 90s. And my guess, if I were to make a prediction, is that the blockchain technology is going to be incredibly useful in the future, the same way that the internet was in the past and has been now. Um, I, I'm not necessarily convinced that Bitcoin or, or cryptocurrencies will be the main use of that, but I can guarantee you I'm pretty confident there'll be use of, of the blockchain in, in the future underpinning some technologies out there. And... If I were to predict, you look back to 1999-2000, most of those companies that were involved in that technology boom have, have now since left us, but some of the biggest companies in the world have emerged from that. If you think Google, for example, Amazon, Facebook, you know these, these companies virtually didn't exist not too that long, not, not, not that long ago, and I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happens, that there's some big winners out of this blockchain space in the future. But I could be wrong on that as well. Um, so yeah, that that's all we have time for today. Thanks very much for for listening in. Um, whatever you're investing in, stocks, crypto assets, whatever it might be, be careful out there and, and, and good luck.